We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another no other pod. Um, it is not a victory pod like we promised, but it is not a playoff elimination pod. So there you go. No. <laughs> hey, that's hey. You got to look at the half glass full. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, I'm Jimmy, and my good friend with me is Dan. Dan, how's it going, my friend? That's me. That's me, man. It's going. Uh, it's going as fine as a Sporting KC fans day could be going that's uh that's saying a lot <laughs> you know making making uh moles out of anthills or whatever they whatever they say making mole i don't think i've ever heard making moles out of anthills that's mounds a- mounds out of anthills or is that a thing i feel it feels like a thing don't make a mound out of a mole hill means don't make something bigger than it needs to be yep we're not doing that no <laughs> no moles and mounds we aren't doing it so there you know, go man. um yeah, we will talk about the Good game. Good start to this podcast. <laughs> we will uh we will, we will talk about the game a little bit. We're not going to spend tons of time what? on it. We will talk about You told me we didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Um liar. We will talk about the news with Johan Quaze and his departure from the club. Um Oh boy. We got a few different things to hit on. The best thing that we got this episode is we are talking to none other then Wichita's own Andrew Weeby. So that's pretty cool. Dude, so cool. So cool. You guys, I'm excited for you guys to hear this. I don't I don't want to say that it's the biggest personality we've ever had, but if we're if we're judging people like you should be judging people by their Twitter followers, then yeah, <laughs> it's probably the biggest it's probably the biggest personality we've had on the podcast. I, I'm sorry, Carter Augustine. I absolutely adore you. Uh, but uh, this is a big deal, man. This is cool. It's cool. He gets free stuff sent to him by Sporting KC. We can't even get a like <laughs> on Twitter from Sporting KC. So, <laughs> dude, no, you get you got it. No, that's too political. You can't like us because we're like drenched in Iron Front stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Although that's legal now. <laughs> Literally breaking. Oh, is that legal now? Right before, God damn. right before we recorded, it came out that MLS has lifted the ban on the Iron Front imagery for the remainder of the 2019 season and the playoffs while they figure out how to proceed going Sheesh. forward. So 
I thought we'd legalize marijuana before we legalized a symbol. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to, uh, as much as I don't like their club, shout out to uh, Timbers Army and the Emerald City supporters. They were the ones who uh, really pushed this forward to the point where the league had to take notice with their um, silence and their walkouts and whatnot. So, hey, you know. Very cool. It was either that well, or it was the cauldron statement that they made a couple days ago, and uh, that was the final straw for the league. So, We'll say that. <laughs> we'll say we had something to do with that. Yeah. Um, dude, this is cool, though, man. We be, you guys, you guys are going to love it. Now, I'll tell you right now, the fool can talk. I mean, you think he would do it for a living or something. You would think that's <laughs> what he does all day, every day. But uh, it feels like we could have had a whole podcast with him. And we knew we had to kind of keep it slim, and we went well over the time we promised him so i felt a little disrespectful i was like dude we, we, we're only gonna go this long and we went almost twice that much yeah so <laughs> uh but he seemed he seemed cool with it i mean he put the kid down um to bed not like to death but uh oh man i whenever they say I, whenever they say i put the kid down it sounds like i put my dog down like yeah, that sounds no. sad as you shit just you know what i mean put 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 him down to go to sleep so it's a good i thing. didn't have to specify that at all for any of you people <laughs> no. i'm sure you knew what i was talking about but uh, we get into some stuff, man. We get his background. We get, it uh, feels like forever since we recorded this, so I'm not even sure what we talked about. <laughs> we talked about uh, his thoughts on Sporting KC. We talked about sure. the uh, the evolution of the league. We talked about who is his favorite extra time co-host and who gets on his nerves more than anyone else. Yes. So That was a good one. And I did ask that. I thought it would be a simple answer. But he went through and, and, and recapped the whole roster for us. It was a good answer. I was like, well, goddamn. You got to give everyone their, their due, I guess. That's sweet. That's we got some, some insight dig it. into every single person that's on that uh, Extra Time show regularly. So it's pretty cool. Right. So now we need to work on getting them to come on here. Like, we got a, <laughs> we got a little, little door, dude. The door's open. Could be. So um, I'm in, man. I'm on it. But I think I'm the booker. We, uh, before we get into this game, and, and we're going to want to get to get through the game pretty quickly but we got a couple new reviews i think didn't we yep sure did man you want me to hit you with them hit me you're gonna dig it dude so you got you got aaron from north carolina and i think i think we know this dude i i think mm-hmm. i uh uh we sh- you should remember him now i can't read the whole title he and his uh, whole group of friends like... who drove out from north carolina once a year to come to a sporting game Yes, they came in their windowless van uh, with a bunch of candy and and bicycles for children. Uh, (laughs) It it says, these guys are the real deal on pod and, and then it kind of cuts off. I don't know why Apple won't let me click on that and view it. Like, what's the point of that? I don't know. You got to get on that, uh, get on that iOS 13 on your iPhone. I don't know what you're doing. Well, I am on iOS 13. What do you mean? You can view the whole title of the review? Oh, I don't know about title. I thought you were just talking about the actual review. I don't know. No, no, no. I just can't read the title. You trying to iOS shame me? <laughs> I, I get the update when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. No, I okay. guess you can't see it. Back That's weird. You, you got Aaron from North Carolina here, and I finally switched to Apple so I can leave a review for my favorite SKC podcast. When I listen to no other pod, I feel like I'm with my other SKC homies just talking about the game. Very laid back, but still enough technical that there is no other SKC pod I need. That's why it's in the name, bro. It's in the name, <laughs> no other pod. Uh, met Jimmy and Coos in Kansas City, and these dudes are legit. I mean, they got Carter Augustine on the pod the other week. What would a game be without Carter? You know I'm right. Can't wait to see the future of this pod. Keep it up, homies, and see you next year. 
He's got something there with Carter, man. Carter's a big deal. He likes Carter. The people people want some more Carter. People like him. I'll get him again. I'd love some more Carter stories. Maybe some blue some blue uh some blue stories. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Well th- Aaron, thanks, brother. Uh we got Green Fam Five, just titled it Review. <laughs> I mean, straight to the point. <laughs> that's no my favorite. Around. I think that's my favorite title. <laughs> Review. It, it's almost like saying, okay, you ask for these every week. Here it is, you bitches. It's like uh, <laughs> that scene from The Office when Dwight's decorating for the birthday party and he just puts up a sign that just says, it is your birthday. So, straightforward yeah. to the point. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You are right. Uh, it says, love it, guys. Jimmy and Dan do a great job. I love the fan's perspective that Dan takes as a true fan, and it cracks me up that Jimmy always tries to reel him back in. It's true. <laughs> it's not lying. So true, dude. My my wife doesn't let me listen to pod anymore with the kids since that one guy has a potty mouth. I do when she's not in the car. Thanks for putting my marriage on the rocks. <laughs> Where's the lie? Why do you why do you have such a potty mouth, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know it's me. What the fuck? Yeah. I had <laughs> I had no idea I was putting marriages on the rocks. I mean, ruining come the on. innocence I didn't, of children. Maybe, dude, she's just mad. She's like, you're listening to it without me? What the hell? Now our marriage is on the rocks true. because you're listening to it without me. And he's like, but babe, you're always with the kids. And she's like, fuck those kids. <laughs> I'm, I, you know what? That was a perfect reenactment of exactly what happens every single time. So, <laughs> Yo, that's a fun review. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. That's awesome. And uh, do I need to clean up my language? It's probably not great. I do struggle with saying things at work sometimes, and I'm like, that's not a thing you say to your boss. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, we do have that explicit tag, so... Yeah, it's you know. on there. You've been warned. Yeah, it's on there. You know, there's there's other podcasts right. where when the kids, they're dropping, dropping we ain't going anywhere. Kids so. are going to grow up, and they'll be like, let me listen. Let me listen to that guy. Let me listen to him. Yeah. They'll have fond memories of listening to that guy with the potty mouth in the car with their dad. So, oh, shit. There you go. <laughs> Unnecessary um, cursing is what I do. So, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, man. That's his other podcast he's launching soon. Unnecessary cursing with coups. That is. <laughs> I, dude, I, I'm kind of. Podcast takes a lot of work. And I'm like, it'd be cool to have another podcast. Like, I see a lot of movies. So, how cool would it be to do like a blunt movie review podcast, you know? Um, yeah. But it's just, as you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, man. It is. But hey, it's fun. We uh, We enjoy it. Um, one's probably enough for me right now, but you know, maybe a YouTube show. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. Um, movie reviews with coups. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, coups reviews. <laughs> coups reviews. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this game quickly. We, I know we normally go oh, through man. every single goal. I don't really want to do that this game. Um, we no. all know what happened. You can just say, we got excited. And then we didn't. Like, Jer- what the hell? Jer- so How many times have we heard that story? Scored three minutes into the game. And then uh, just like ten minutes later, Tommy Smith got an own goal on what we all thought was a Namath goal, but it was an own goal. Yeah. And we're like, oh, sweet. Everything's going great. We're up 2-0. We might win this game like 3-1, 4-1. Who knows? We're, 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 we're rolling. This is a Sporting KC team. Most we dangerous seen. score in soccer. Oh, you have no idea. 20th minute. Matt Beasler, of all people, red card. And 
I think it was, you know, I don't remember exactly what, how he got his first yellow. That was maybe a little questionable. This second one, though, man, this was a dangerous kick, I think. Did you really see it at all? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I think I was talking at the time, so then I was like, wait, what just happened? And they're not going to show that shit on the on the big Jumbotron, but uh, it's bad, man. Wasn't it his 300th appearance, too? It, at least i don't remember if this was his 300th or he made that just a, a little bit ago for sporting kc but he, i know he's made at least 300 um didn't they they just sent something out though saying maybe. it was who knows i don't know i have to find it <laughs> um, yeah man he reached 300 appearances for the club there you go and it was fitting that he got a red card for a high kick to the face so 20 minutes yeah and at that point you're like didn't okay. even break a sweat 20 minutes in you don't even break a sweat no but you're like okay that's that's not great but I mean, I hey we, we have a a two goal lead so and there were other chances Namath hit one off the woodwork peter told us after the game could have scored two or three other goals that we probably should have scored um but then wouldn't you know it right before the half we got a kai kamara bicycle kick in the goal where botan did the biggest flop i've ever seen um Diego Rubio scored the equalizer in the 75th minute. And then uh, Tommy Smith makes up for his uh, own goal, heading home the match winner in the 85th minute. Sporting KC falls 3-2 to two at home to the Colorado Rapids. I don't know, man. This one just felt like a microcosm of the 2019 season all in one game. So it's not great. I don't know how you were feeling after this one. Not not feeling great at all, man. I mean, you're fe- like I said, you're on top of the world 20 minutes in, but when we all knew Kai and Diego would score in this game, right? I we just had a feeling. Like why wouldn't they? Yeah. Two SKC players, SKC rejects if you want to call them that, and and they come in and show why they're decent, you know? Yeah. Um dude, I I just came across something real fast. A little sidebar. Have you heard anything about the South Stand? Right now with uh, Jake Reed? I was trying to figure out earlier today what is going on. I am not sure. I saw some angry tweets from some South Stand people toward Jake Reed, but I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like talking about dismantling the South Stand and then like there was a meeting, like man up and talk to them. Like I, I, I'd i be interested. I'd be interested to know what's going on. So not sorry sure. about that. I just came across that. I literally South scroll member, Twitter sometimes. If you're a South Stand member, let us know. We don't. I try to figure out what's right. going on. I don't know. This is this is what happens though. Usually Jimmy asks me a question and then I have to go, "What'd you say?" <laughs> because I'm reading bullshit news and or watching wrestling. It happens. Yeah, well, I don't watch wrestling during <laughs> our pod. I get I, that that goes on pause and then I rejoin SmackDown in progress. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um yeah, I don't know what's going on with uh, with South Stand, but um, if you do know, tweet us at no other pod at Dan Cooser at JC Max zero three. Um, but yeah, I kind of knew I had a feeling Kai was going to score like Kai and Diego both got pretty loud ovations when they were announced in the starting lineup. Um, so, and, and then Kai, he hits his bicycle kick. And did you see Not from me? <laughs> did you see after he hit his bicycle kick, he was like sarcastically blowing kisses and like applauding the SKC crowd. Um, I did, yeah. Now Kai came over to our side, by the way, and had a pretty, pretty lengthy little convo with the guy in the front row. Like they were being very cordial and just an overall good guy. He said hey to a kid. I mean, that was kind of cool. And I, I kind of like Kai Kamara. Uh, I don't like when he scores on us, but his his celebration was nothing 
like Diego's. I mean, Diego really celebrated like he's never scored before. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that Diego left on the best terms from what I understand. So it doesn't fully surprise me. Um, but yeah, so after this loss, um, Sporting KC uh, do not move up. In fact, we fell. We are currently sitting in 11th place in the Western Conference out of 12 teams at the time of this recording. The only team below Dude, us is watch us the Vancouver Whitecaps. Watch us make the playoffs. <laughs> okay, well, now that you have mentioned that, do you want to know what needs to happen? So, oh, I yeah, we're not just eliminated when we play Minnesota United tonight. So this this in order for us yeah. to avoid elimination, Sporting has to win tonight against Minnesota. Okay, bare minimum, and Portland has to lose or tie at home versus the Revolution, or San Jose must lose or tie at home against Philadelphia. Man. I think we, that has to happen all the rest of the season. We have to win every game, and people have to lose. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is like the Sporting KC's playoff hopes are hanging on by the, the, the thinnest thread of a thread. So it's, you know. Yeah. It's not great. Can you imagine, though? I'm going to laugh so hard if it happens. I'll just be, oh, my God. There is no other explanation. There's no other definition of the term backing into the playoffs. Like, that'd be hilarious. Right. So, it's all over. It's all said and done for 2019 if both Portland and San Jose win. So, if they win, game over. 2019 is done for Sporting KC. So, we'll see. Um, do you think we can get a result tonight? you think we're going to win? Or you think uh, you think this is it? <laughs> I don't think we're gonna win. You got no Beasler. I mean, you barely won when they came to your place. You know, so yeah. how are you gonna get it done up there in the in the depths of Minnesota? You know. Yeah, I'm not expecting a win. Allianz Field. Um, that's a great that's a great place for for Minnesota to play up there. Good home field advantage. Um, yeah, I'll make a trip up there next year sometime. I yeah. can't wait. Ike maybe is defender of the year. Um, we won't have Beasler. Graham Smith is kind of in well, the doghouse. So Ike has been pooping his pants. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, did you hear about that? Yeah, I did hear about that. <laughs> he had diarrhea, people, yeah. in case you didn't know. He had the, a, uh, the bubble and guts. Our good friend Andrew Weeby had a great transition on Extra Time when <laughs> he was talking about people clinching the playoffs, and he said, speaking of clinching, Ike Opara had diarrhea. <laughs> It's what you call a professional <laughs> broadcaster right there. So, Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I laughed. Everyone laughed. And he's like, I had to. I had to do it. Um, okay, so neither of us think we're getting a win in Minnesota, which I don't think at so. that point, okay, game over, 2019. So, all right, well, now that we're – See you next year. You know, peed in everyone's Cheerios. Um, hey, you got pitch black this Friday. You got the uh, season awards. That should be fun for people. Yeah, we'll see who <laughs> wins awards. Um who knows? Yeah, I, it's got, I can't imagine how exciting that'll be with the season we've had. But it's. I think it benefits the Victory Project as well, so it's kind of a cool little deal. Yeah. Um, it is very cool. I've never been, but it's very cool. Um, let's get to a couple questions. We had a lot of questions this week. We're not going to be able to get to them all. Oh, um, shit. We're already running out of time. You don't even know. <laughs> uh, 
Tristan Jordan asked a good question that I actually want to save for next week. Tristan, we will get to this, but I, I, I want to talk about this more. Um, Tristan asked about the expansion draft and who you would protect. So that's going to take a little Ooh. bit more time. So I want to save that for when we You're have do, a little more giving time. Giving Tristan the old bookmark. So we will uh, we will save that one, Tristan. Um, don't the you old worry. Jimmy Mac bookmark. But, uh, you know, let's see here. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, what will sporting do with Johan's DP spot? I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully sign a better DP. <laughs> um, oh, Ruben. Yeah. You delicious man of a sandwich name. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know either. I don't know either. I don't think any of us know. And it's, uh, as we said before, it's hard to know what, you know, the, the CBA up in the air. We don't really yet know what resources we'll have to work with uh, this offseason. So you're going to have to kind of play a game of wait and see. Um, Gear Bear, what's worse, being below the playoff line or being below Colorado? And that's a great question. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, I went to the standings, and I was just scrolling down, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't remember scrolling down this far to see us. Why do I have to go down to the whole bottom of the page? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, it's weird. Being below Colorado sucks. I hate it. So that's my answer. Because if you're below Colorado, you're obviously below the playoff line. Um, Corey Matsat, this is a question... Uh, he says he's channeling his pessimist Dan. Do you think we can actually turn things around and be competitive again next season? Or will it be the season after? It feels like our roster needs so much of a refresh that it'll be quite a while before things can click again. Um, what do you think? You think we can do this in a year? Dude, it's it's going to be bad, man. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy because I don't know. You probably saw Bobby Warshaw's take, and I don't really disagree with it. Like, we have great players. But as other teams have shown before, great players don't make a great team, a la LA Galaxy last year. I mean, we had the pieces this year, man, and things were firing on all cylinders right out the gate. We're crushing Montreal 7-0. We're beating Toluca in Mexico. It's a big deal, man. And then something just happened. Something just went wrong. Yeah, I don't think uh, fans would love it if Peter came back out with pretty much the same roster. Do I think we're going to have a whole turnover? No. But, I mean, they already got rid of Johan. They're probably going to see if there's any way they can get rid of Andre Fontas. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, You've addressed left back, I think. I think Martins very well may have locked up left back. He's looking good. So, we'll see. Midfield, there's yeah. some questions there. Obviously, striker. That's the big question mark. You know, it's a big one. We'll see. Zussi, what are you going to do over there? Um. So, yeah. I don't know. I think they can be competitive next year. I think it's by no means a guarantee. So, Especially with the rest of the league getting better. Um, we shall see. Right. Uh, Miami's coming into the league next year. It's going to be tough. Um, Eric Martinez. <laughs> Eric Martinez says, um, do you think pro has improved the second half of this season? Um, he says it might be an unpopular opinion, but maybe they have. And I want to use that to sort of transition real quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but... I don't know if you heard any of Peter's post-game press conference, but Peter was very blunt about referees. Uh, he's been blunt before. Um, he was blunt again, basically saying, I wrote about this for Blue Testament, so you can check it out on Blue Testament, but he said, you know, a lot of the things that they complain about don't get addressed. Um, you know, we, we talk about them being addressed, but they just aren't. Um, it's not just a problem for Sporting KC. He says... Uh, 
He thinks about the growth of the league. He's always said that he thinks one one of the biggest things is, you know, what kind of league do we want to be? And it's not just something for this season, but this has happened his entire time. Um, being a Sporting KC coach, Ilya Sanchez said the same sort of thing. So I don't know. I mean, do you, I, I guess the question is, do you think pro's gotten better this second half of the season? Um, like Eric is suggesting, or are you more in line with Peter where like pro might be kind of what's holding MLS back? Tough to say, dude, because I like I like a good game where the referee does take control and throws out some yellow cards and he's like, no, that's not going to fly. This is my game. But there is a fine line there. And that referee in Sporting's game against Colorado, I don't know what he was doing, but he like he needed to assert his masculinity or his authority to make you know that he was the dude, that he's the shit, like don't mess around. Um, I didn't like that. It was weird. At first I was like, good, good for this guy, man, throwing out yellows right away. Like in the first 20 minutes, I was like, that's great. And then Beasler went off and I was like, well, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause he was kind of asserting himself in a very odd way. Like, you know, stopping players when he didn't really need to stop them and arguing with Johnny Russell and, and Jerso. Yeah. It was odd. Um, I mean, let him play the game to an extent, but if they're going to do some stuff, don't let them get away with stuff, you know? Yeah. But you don't have to get in there and like have a converse, like a big old fight with them. No, not at all. But I mean, if you, some of the best referees are the ones that can throw a yellow card and then walk away. They don't have to say some shit. They speak with the yellow card and then turn away. Or you just be like Robert Sabiga and don't call anything until people start stabbing each other. There you go. That works too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, there are a couple other things I want to hit, but let's, uh, let's end um, with those a little bit later. I want to switch now, man, to this interview. I want to I want to play this interview yeah. for you guys because this is this is really cool. Um, we're like we said, we're so grateful to Andrew for taking time out of his day to come on. Um, so let's kick it to our interview with Andrew Weeby of MLSsoccer.com, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Kick it. All right, guys, as promised, we are here with a special guest today. Uh, joining Jimmy and I are, uh, is Andrew Weeby. He is the uh, senior host and producer of Extra Time. Um, I'm sure you guys all know about that. Andrew, thanks for being here, man. I love the intro here. As promised, what they're not telling you is that I was unable to fulfill my promises all the time. <laughs> Thank you various uh, acts of fatherhood and wedding planning but i'm happy to be here guys oh man we've teased it bro we teased it all damn week we're like uh we might have something for you we might maybe not next week but maybe the next <laughs> Ooh, ooh! i'm glad i came through then i'm glad yeah. i came through it worked out man uh i almost said uh wichita kansas legend uh or rock chalk jayhawk to you you know <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I, I would love to work towards Wichita, Kansas legend. I'm I'm not quite there. I think maybe I might be able to like lie my way up to notable, like Wichita, Kansas notable Andrew Weeby, but uh, <laughs> legend might be a little bit out of my reach given that there's like you know Barry Sanders and the like coming out of Wichita. So uh, maybe someday, but I appreciate uh, I appreciate the Wichita drop no matter what. Give some love to the Ta. Uh, even if I don't go back very often anymore, I still got it in my heart. So yeah, you mentioned you're from uh, from from Wichita, and obviously now you're 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 in New York City working for the league. Um, 
you've, I know you've told the story before. You've been on Sporting KC show with Nate Bucati. But for some of our listeners who, who may not have heard this, how did you wind up going from Wichita to working for Major League Soccer in New York City? That's a pretty big jump. Well, just, you know, a young boy with dreams. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, I, I uh, you know, I played soccer until I was in eighth grade and, you know, maybe TMI. Plantar fasciitis took me off the soccer field and I was a little bit of a chubber, let's say, in the late middle school years. So, uh, it turned out that being a catcher in baseball at that stage of my life was, uh, was more attractive. So, I kind of lost touch with soccer until I went to KU and I spent my freshman year there and... Um, the summer after my freshman year was the 2006 World Cup, and it was Zinedine, Zinedine Zidane's run in France and Italy and the U.S., of course, disappointing a little bit, but uh, um, kind of capturing my attention, and I was at home, and I really had nothing to do but watch the tournament, and so I ended up just like mainlining that entire tournament. Me and my friends just sat around in the mornings and watched it and then would do our thing in the afternoon. Uh, and I kind of just have a personality that's uh, a little bit of, I don't want to say addictive because that has some bad connotations, but I'm like, for instance, in when I was in first grade, I decided that I was going to be a fisherman and I spent three years accumulating fishing equipment, fishing every chance I got, <laughs> reading hundreds of books about fishing. And then just as quickly, it just like went away. And I never thought about it ever again outside of just kind of your, eh, it'd be cool to go fishing. Um, so I was already kind of primed for that and I'm a really big history buff. I love culture and, uh, Michael Estian actually was the first player that kind of sucked me in and I just wanted to know more about Michael Estian and I started going down the rabbit hole and, you know, you go from Chelsea to Lyon to all these different stops along the way and all these different leagues and just this sporting environment and system that I just had no concept of at all. And, and I, I, I became obsessed, to be honest with you. And I had a job at the KU bookstore, and I fulfilled online orders, So, which basically meant that I sat in a basement at the KU Union, <laughs> and I waited for a printer to just print out an order that I would then go like pull and pack and, and ship, so there was a lot of downtime. And during that downtime, I lived on Eurosport.com, and I lived on YouTube, and I would just watch like EDM-laced, highlight reels of like anybody you can think of any legend that I read about any player that I read about over and over and over, you know, Matthew, Matthew Atissier was at the time, like I was just in awe of him and also Dimitar Berbatov. So I, I got into just kind of learning and I wanted to know about the history. I wanted to know why certain countries had certain reputations for style of play, why their leagues were a certain way, why the leagues in some countries were bigger and better than others why the U.S. wasn't at that level. And, and that's how I kind of went down uh, the path of Major League Soccer. And I, I started MLSNet was the, the website back in those days. And you had, like, Do Nord that would just pump out links. You know, SBI was in its early days. I think he was still at the, the paper in New Jersey before he struck out on his own. Andrea Canales was big. I just kind of you know, had all this time and, and had the internet at my fingertips and was in college. And so I just went down the wormhole and I started going to Wizards games. Uh, at, you know, that's what they were. And they were at uh, Arrowhead Stadium and I just got obsessed. And then the next year I decided, you know what, business school is not for me. I'm not an accountant. I never will be an accountant, but I love sports and I love to write. So 
I walked into the University of Kansas and I said, hey, I want to do something. And so I was the women's golf beat reporter, and I convinced them somehow my sports editor, just the kind soul that he was, let me start writing a soccer column. And I think my first column was about the uh, 5-4 game at Giant Stadium, Beckham, JPA, Clint Mathis, Josie Altador, that crazy game. And I saw Dunor pick up that column. And he put it in his write-up. And I'd been reading Du Nord for a year and a half probably at that point. And I almost fell off my chair in my, <laughs> my room in my, in my apartment. And I just, it was like a, it was a rush. And so I just decided, you know what, I love this sport. Uh, I, I, you know, I love writing. I want to do this. You know, you, you're all, you're in college and you're so idealistic and you're not looking at like, oh, you know, actually journalism is kind of a dying industry. And I just went all <laughs> in on it. I became a journalism major. I started writing for, I think it was called American Soccer Now, which Greg Seltzer ran at that time. And just going to Wizards games and going into the visitors locker room and just trying to get a story out of there and trying to get a couple of stories out of the Wizards and just kept going. You know, I, I kept writing uh, for the Kansan and I kind of rose up the masthead there and did women's soccer. And I don't think KU women's soccer or any college soccer program since has probably been covered in the depth that I covered that team. Um, and just, just kept going. You know, I couldn't get any internships in college. I'd been a late con- uh, converter to journalism. And so while all my schoolmates were going to like New York Times or doing Dow Jones internships, I was just kind of like, oh, man, shit, I have nothing. You know, like I'm going to be <laughs> hanging out this summer, like working, just trying to get some money. And I started a blog and uh, kcfootball.com on Blogspot. And I started covering the team, just going out to training and uh, going to games and filing reports and I remember just the cost of gas from Lawrence to Kansas City at that time for the games was felt like a million dollars and I just made connections you know I didn't know what was going to happen and I graduated from school and I had to get a job so I worked in Kansas City at a place called the National Insurance Producer Registry I was just like the intermediary between state insurance registries and this kind of software company that handled their licensing and I was doing that for about six months when uh, Jonah Friedman, who you'll know from SI and then MLS Soccer and now off in the world of advertising somewhere in the Bay Area, called me and said, hey, we got a recommendation from the PR guys in Kansas City. They think you'd be a great beat writer for us. Um, it, I think it probably paid me like, I don't know, total over the whole year, eight to ten grand, but I had plenty of time on my hands. And I, I to be perfectly honest with you, was able to coast at my day job. And so I probably put in 20 hours a week just doing that stuff on work hours in addition to everything else. I'd go out to Swope. The office was five minutes away and uh, did that for two years, covered the transition to Sporting Kansas City, covered the Man U friendly, covered these really formative years for soccer in Kansas City and was absolutely like hook, line, and sinker all about it. And then one day Greg Lawless called me and said, hey, come to New York, 25, I was single. I had nothing to hold me back and you know it was a it was a no-brainer so you know that's kind of the origin to new york and then from there just i guess it's it's almost eight nine years at this point you just keep grinding keep grinding and the league keeps growing and here we are very cool well i have to ask you because i know so one of my friends actually i believe is one of your producers uh anders our house and uh oh uh, is my guy well he's your guy but i believe he also went to mizzou so is there a little uh, go to Mizzou. KU some, Mizzou rivalry there? Art, yeah, you know it's it's surprising how well we work together, and I hope he listens to this. Uh, <laughs> personally, I was shocked to have such a uh, clearly a subpar human 
uh, in just working with that, that individual, you know, I thought, <laughs> you know, mostly that I would have to ignore him, but he's, he's such a talented guy and uh, anything you see with extra time, as far as the production elements or anything else, and a lot of the ideas for the shows themselves, a lot of that comes from Anders. And I can't say enough about, uh, his passion for the job, his passion for the podcast, his passion for major league soccer. Uh, it's, it's really a pleasure working for him and, you know, all the Mizzou stuff is basically over at this point, right? We don't even get to play each other. So like, the yeah, fire doesn't burn brightly. It's just kind of, you know, I still remember that, that game at, at uh, Arrowhead Stadium, the football game that you guys beat us in. And then I don't know what bowl you went to, but we went to the Orange Bowl. And uh, <laughs> sitting outside that, after losing that game, Todd Reesing didn't get it done. And Mizzou fans just berating me and my friends as we sat around <laughs> a sad grill that was burning for warmth. I will never forget that. I will never forgive it. No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Honors is the man. There you go. Well, cool, man. Let me, uh, let, let's, let's get down to the, the soccer business, huh? So Jimmy and I started this podcast about health. We're about to hit two years actually. And, uh, we, we wanted to take an approach like we're just fans, uh, doing a fan, fan takes for fans by fans. And, uh, we don't get too analytical on it or serious at all like that. Um, but, you being from Kansas, but also working for MLS, you, you can't really find an invested interest. I remember you and I spoke at the Chicago All-Star game for a bit, and you, you couldn't really have an invested interest in a squad. Do you have one that you pull for and, and more than the other? I mean, probably New York teams now, but maybe some, some SKC as well from being back home? Or what do you see? That, that New York thing, that's that big misconception that everybody at the league office just wants New York teams to succeed and L.A. teams, <laughs> we want to talk about them. Um, one <laughs> thing before I get to this question, I, I would be remiss, and I, it just occurred to me and it should have occurred to me before, that a big part of me in Kansas City and covering this team was Andy Edwards and Talking Touches. And that podcast and that that's experience right. and that friendship with Andy um, is so important to me and was so formative. Uh, for everything that I've done since. So I just want to make sure to toss that out there. And obviously, listen to no other pod. Everybody who's doing it right now knows that. But uh, talking touches and the, the quote-unquote nipple mic, like the $10 microphone that we bought <laughs> out on my kitchen table, uh, those were incredible days, and I'll, I'll always uh, be appreciative to Andy for, for doing that with me. Um, you know, as far as teams go, when I was growing up, I just didn't really know about MLS. I didn't, I didn't, I knew about the Wizards. I knew kind of in broad strokes about the league. But I never had those, those years where you grow to love something and you grow to love it in a way that, you know, is a little bit uh, illogical. Where it's like, even if they're bad, even if things aren't going well, even if management's terrible, even if, you know, fill in the blank, I'll stick with this team. This is my team forever. And I, I even lost to like the Chiefs that way too KU basketball is really my one lone sporting passion left where I just am you know I'm just dumb about it you know what I mean you can't shake me off it um but I, I you hear you hear from me all the time and Doyle likes to joke about it I'm kind of a narrative guy at this point like and, and that being like I like good stories I like um players and I like tactical um, nuance and interesting new things in the league. So what I'm rooting for are basically things to make my job easier, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. I, I'm, I'm rooting for things that we can talk about, that I want to talk about, that fascinate me, that force me to learn about the game because I'm admittedly no expert. I'm not Bobby. I'm not Doyle. I'm not some former coach. I don't have those years in the game as a pro. Uh, I am, in a lot of ways, at MLS, like – 
more of a fan who became uh, an analyst. And I, and I accept that and I understand that. And that's why you'll see me more often than not go and do interviews and try to pick people's brains and pull information out of Doyle and Bobby. But, you know, I'm rooting for, you know, Zlatan to have this incredible game and to say something insane afterwards because it's just so fun to talk about. And it gives us so much richness both on and off the field. And those are the things that I think this league needs. They need, um, and I know it's cliche to say this, you know what the NFL, or excuse me, the NBA has in so many ways. Huge, dominant, confident personalities that, that show the personalities both on the court and off it. And then this kind of culture of fun surrounding the game. You know, one of the best things about NBA Twitter and the culture there is they don't take themselves too, too seriously. You know, there are extremely smart analysts. There are people doing incredible work on the on all sorts of different fronts, whether it be, um, you know, feature writing or producing or, you know, in the in the field of advanced analytics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, my thing with MLS is it should be fun. This game, this league, it should always be fun. It's an entertainment product, first and foremost. I know people are going to be like, oh, purity, the game, and I agree with them. But ultimately, like, we all follow because we love it and we love the people involved in it and we love the fan culture and we, we want to see something that reflects our values. And uh, that's what I'm rooting for more than a team. There are teams that I like to watch more than others. Like, don't get me wrong, LAFC this year, I will watch all their games. I'm watching most of the union games right now that I can get my hands on. I mean, I watch everything in compressed format, you know, either just the straight highlights, but usually the, like, 15, 20-minute feeds that you can get. Um, and I probably watch five or six games in full every weekend, and it hits a lot of soccer and it adds up. But uh, that, that's what I'm rooting for: something fun, something to talk about, something that, that like grabs my curiosity and makes me want to learn more. Makes sense, man. Makes your job more fun and exciting. Um, and I think we can kind of relate on more of a local standpoint. I mean, last year when we were talking SKC on a weekly basis, it was super fun to talk about. I mean, we went as far as we've gone in the playoffs in a long time. And this year has just been a complete 180 and been, gosh, it's just been, I mean, you can tell if you listen to extra time, the teams that are doing well and that are exciting, you guys normally talk about them. Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of sporting talk this year because it just hasn't been fun. I mean, is there, what's what's the one thing you would attribute to sporting's lack of success this year? I mean, is it CONCACAF? Is that what we're all agreeing on? Uh, I mean, CONCACAF didn't help. but And I don't want to beat this into a pulp, but I, I think that there has been such a sustained run of success. And to be honest with you, that success started when I started covering the team. So I really start, I saw it in its genesis. Peter made so many inspired decisions when it came to the super draft and the signings, whether that be, you know, you go from like the, the gamut of, excuse me, Aurelian Colin, who, be, you know, you sign him out of Portugal and nobody really knows who this guy is. and He becomes the best 11 player in this league. To Jimmy Nielsen, who caught a lot of red flags when he came to Sporting Kansas City and becomes this legend and this guy who, you know, was not only just so connected with the fans, but also so successful on the field to draft picks and Graham Zussi and Matt Beasley. That, I mean, that's generational. You know what I mean? Like, to get those guys in the draft, guys that are going to have 50-plus caps for the national team, play in World Cup, be best 11, be defenders of the year, be MVP uh, candidates, as Graham Zussi was at one time in this league, to Roger Espinoza, who's another just kind of like, wow, I can't believe 
you grab that guy. I mean, the forwards they drafted, Teal and CJ and Dom and all these different players that have cycled through. And then you start to see that, okay, well, that was a certain generation. And I think that generation is probably starting to wind down. And I'm sure that, that they would dispute that and they would be frustrated to hear me say that. But I think the results this year have borne some of that out that maybe those guys alone can't do it all in this day and age of MLS. So I think what you've seen is just, A, the league getting better around them, but B, a cycle sort of coming to an end. And in a league like this with the salary cap and all the different things that make it so difficult to go out and just throw money around, not that Sporting Kansas City were necessarily doing that anyway, uh, you had a a natural lull. And and then you have one of those decisions that really didn't, didn't help. You know, Ike Parra was the defender of the year in this league. Ike Parra was a guy that they really, really built around and helped cover up a lot of deficiencies. And you lose Ike Parra, you replace him with Andreo Fontas, who just he hasn't been as good, period. And you don't go sign a goal scorer, and Christian Namath is hot, hot, hot to start the season, and then not, not, not for the rest of the time. Daniel Shaw, we take a huge step back. I just think it's this, this confluence of a lot of different factors from aging and not being as dominant as they once were uh, to a change a little bit in identity and system to not having the goal score. And if you look around this league, you need a goal score. And most of the goals are scored by players who make a lot of money, TAM money or DP money. And so to try to rely on Nimitz and Shallowy and taking that big step back and uh, Eric Hurtado and on and on and on, it just it just wasn't enough, and uh, I, I'm I'm kind of with Doyle in the sense that I think this team can bounce back. I just think it it will come down to a identifying the right move at center back because it isn't just Fontas. It's been other signings that have come in and, and not been good enough. The young guys that haven't stuck or the veterans that just didn't work out, and then center forward because I think and Johnny Russell and Gerso and. Gutierrez in the midfield that you have, I think it is good enough. Um, but if you don't score goals and you give up too many in silly ways, well, you're not going to make the playoffs. And I remember a time when nobody cared about Kansas City soccer, whether it was the Wizards or it was Sporting Kansas City. I remember a time when it was a complete afterthought that you'd be shocked if you even saw a bumper sticker or a T-shirt. And it's not that way now. And, and I know mm-hmm. Kansas City fans are having some, some trouble with it. But I would just encourage them to think back a little bit and try to remember the years when it was super lean and, you know, look at what they they accomplished over the last decade and look at what Peter was able to accomplish. And now it's it's on that organization to figure out the path forward because this league right now is a much different league than the one that they emerged into in 2010-ish. So I want to ask you about that. And we just have a couple more questions for you here before we let you go. Yeah, no worries. Um, you mentioned, you know, this the sustained run of success and, and now the, this evolving landscape of, of the league. Um, you know, I know I've thought about it and I've talked about this with a number of SKC fans. There's sort of this, um, I don't know if I would call it a fear, but this this um, wonder with, with teams like Atlanta and LAFC and Miami and New York City, obviously the Galaxy, Seattle, they'll always have, have some money to spend. But with, with these bigger market teams with, with a lot of money coming behind them in these really desirable locations, um, how, how does a team like Sporting KC, who had a lot of success traditionally, um, you know, being fairly frugal, how, how do they fit in and how do they stay competitive with, with the competitive balance of the league maybe shifting more toward those, you know, 
wealthier teams with with some of these bigger names uh, backing them, like like David Beckham or Arthur Blank or whatnot. You know. Well, I think yeah, I completely understand the question, and I think it's super valid. And I think there's a lot of teams out there and clubs out there that are grappling with this. And whether it be that uh, that the owners are saying, well, I'm not sure that I want to go out and drop 15 million dollar transfer fees, or you know, I'm not sure that we can attract that sort of player. You know, I, I would I would say that that doesn't hold back uh, teams in other places of the world. And the great equalizer here is that our system does reward efficiency and it does reward targeted um, strategy and it does reward teams that are able to do it once the postseason hits. The one thing I would say is that, yes, okay, look, LAFC can go out and sign a Carlos Vela and that's obviously game changing. You know, you have an MVP, maybe the best player, best season in in MLS history, but it, it wasn't just Carlos Vela, right? It was Bob Bradley coming in and saying, okay, here's the system. Here's the idea of how we're going to do things. Here are the players that have been undervalued elsewhere. And I'm going to break your heart right now and say Latif Blessing as an example of that. Oh my I'm gosh. going to say Mark, <laughs> An- yeah, Mark Anthony Kay as an example of that. Eddie Atuesta is a player that didn't cost them you know, $10 million. He didn't cost nothing, but they scouted well. They brought him in. They developed him. Um, you know, Up and down that roster – there are guys like Jordan Harvey or Stephen Betashore or El Munir or an Eddie Segura who comes out of Colombia and, and is now one of the best defenders in the league. Like Those aren't guys that you are going to go out and spend $10 million on. So what it comes down to is understanding your, where your resources are. Sporting Kansas City is not going to have any issues bringing a player in and having them say, you know what, the facilities, they're not good enough. You know, what you have in a stadium and a training facility are as good as it gets in North American soccer, period. So you have to choose guys that, that maybe are willing to make that sort of um, lifestyle move that aren't the guys that are saying, I have to be in L.A., I have to be in Miami, I have to be in New York. Those guys are out there. They exist. You, just, you have to identify them. So to me, it comes down to good scouting, good selling, and then ultimately – having the foundation in place within your team and your club to integrate them and get the best out of them on the field. And for basically a decade, Sporting Kansas City did that, right? Like, you know, the guys that came in, you had this existing culture, you had this style of play, it was distinct, it was understood, everybody came in, it was for the good of the team, Peter made sure of that, if you're not there for that, then you're out of there. Um, to go back to some of the struggles, I think you have to look at some of the scouting, and you just had some misses, you know? Fontas was a miss i think if you're paying a million dollars for that as a center back in this league that's just too much money and too too important of a position to miss on and i think it was mostly a miss johan quase mostly a miss you know there are hits in there felipe gutierrez i think he's a hit but in this league the way it works you can't have too many misses on your tam and dp players so it comes down to I think getting back to scouting and getting some of those decisions right, Peter's done a great job along with the rest of the technical staff of establishing sort of a umbrella with the academy and being able to bring in guys like Lindsay and Busio. And, you know, it's sad that EPB left on a free. It would be great to be able to have him next to Matt Beasler right now and, and see how that works, right? Um, yeah. You know, tap into some of those advantages, and, and that may be that, that you scout better than other people. It may be that you do have to open up the pocketbook a little bit to go down to Mexico and or wherever it is or South America and sign that $6 million number nine to compete with everyone else. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy. 
as there's more teams in this league and less playoff spots to go around just on proportion, it's just it, it, the fact of the matter is it's going to get harder. If you can't sign a Christian Pavone, you've got to find a way to stop a Christian Pavone. Uh, and, and this year, Sporting Kansas City have not been able to do that as we uh, uh, so <laughs> clearly saw in that match in uh, in L.A. So I don't think there's any reason for KC fans to panic. I certainly don't think Peter's panicking. Um, but I, I think the fact of the matter is sometimes you can't afford when you're a, a club that doesn't have the same uh, level of, let's say, DP, TAM, and transfer dollar spend. You can't afford to miss as many times. And so that's where you get, get your scouting right. And, you know, as, as this league grows, I think the income via TV and everything else will grow as well. And maybe that helps make up some of the gaps and, or maybe that encourages different ownership groups to spend a little bit more up front on players. But I, I think, I think any ownership group that's looking around and thinking that they can sort of like cheap out, which I'm not saying Kansas City's has, they've, they've spent money, um, both on facilities and, and players. Uh, but, but you're, you're going to have trouble, trouble competing consistently. So that's the, that's the sort of balance that, that these teams are going to have to, to find unless you're willing to go out like Atlanta is and just say, you know what, Pity Martinez, bam, here's the bag. You know, Ezekiel Barco, here's the bag. Um, you know, Joseph Martinez didn't cost $10 million, So, you know, if they were able to get him, what can you, what, what can you do? True, true. Hey, Weeby, one last question for you here, brother. Have a little fun uh, before we let you go. Um, you do a lot for MLSsoccer.com. I mean, whether it's you're your doing instant replay, writing columns, um, many different things. But you, I think most of our people probably know you from extra time. You're the voice we hear whenever it starts. Uh, you're, you're deep, sultry tones every uh, <laughs> Monday and Thursday. Uh, but I, I'm kind of wondering, um, you know, you got you got Matt Doyle there, Bobby Warshaw, David Goss, Susanna Collins, Kalen Carr occasionally. Uh is is there? Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite kid, Ooh, uh, or do you have someone wow. who maybe maybe someone that pushes your buttons a little too much, and you're like, I well, wish they weren't here today. <laughs> uh, well, you know my uh, my extra time dad and and number one favorite always will be because come on, dad is number one. As I hope my son also comes back to is Nick Fershaw for giving me a chance in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have some listeners that have been listening to that show for the decade plus that it's been rolling and i only only recently in the last i don't know five six years or so i've had the reins uh, uh, but nick fershaw gave a uh, a fresh-faced young kansan and extra time listener obsessive extra time listener when i was in kansas city an opportunity to be on the show so my number my big thanks first goes to him as well as simon borg who was kind of a crazy uncle in that scenario <laughs> those were some of my my favorite shows ever i mean shows where i just died laughing because simon is the most interesting person in the world and i mean that it was complete sincerity he is both the most interesting and the most absurd um let's see i think my favorite mm, mm, i think my favorite's dave uh dave and i just you know dave started as an intern in that sort of iteration of the show of uh, me and simon and nick and I remember when Simon said, you know, you should pull Dave into the into the booth with us. And it turned out to be such an incredible decision. His, he's he's one of the most personable people I've ever met. He, you cannot escape him in conversation. You know, you'll go someplace with him and you cannot get out of that place because he will just be yakking to everybody about everything. And he and I have such good conversations off the show about life and history and politics and everything else. So 
Uh, I think Dave, because he's kind of my, uh, you know, he's my, my co-pilot, so to speak. Uh, and then who exacer- like, exasperates me the most is probably Bobby in the best way. <laughs> of course. Like in a way that, uh, you know, you're just scratching your head and you're like, wait, hold on. Where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you, why are you looking at it this way? Or why are you saying, you know, whatever it might be, hey, I refuse to talk about this or this principle or that or whatever else. He's one of the most principled persons I've ever been around. And that's not a knock on him in any way. He knows what he believes, and he's going to stick by that 100% all the time. Uh, but he teaches me things sometimes by making me tear my hair out. Uh, so he'd probably be the most exasperating. Doyle is – boy, what is the right word to describe Doyle? <laughs> uh, I don't even know, man. He loves his cats. I, he, he is the, the best acquired taste let's say <laughs> at mlssoccer.com. Like you, it might, you know, the first couple, the first couple sips might've made you spit it out. But <laughs> after a while, you're like, you know what? I turned out, I can't live without this, you know, like I have to have this in my life. Like, I hated it at first. Uh, but now it's just, it's irreplaceable. I've loved the addition of Susanna and Kaylin and, and Chuck D Charlie Davies on occasion, whenever he's available. And in the, uh, in the city to, to hang out with us. I think, I think Susanna brings, we're all so deep in it, like in our nerddom, I mean, that I think she brings a real like bucket of cold water sometimes to just, you know, dump it on our heads and say, guys, you're overthinking this. Like, this is very simple. Here's where it is. Here's why it matters. Here's what we should be talking about. Like, stop trying to go down and like examine the fifth decimal point when, we can just look at the, the whole number right in front of us. So I, I really appreciate her addition, and I think her podcast, The Call-Up with Jillian Sakovitz, is incredible and uh, ought to be something that any of your listeners give a try just to see if they like, and I think they'll probably stick with it. And then Kaylin um, is my maybe my favorite person as a foil. And by that I mean he's the person who's most willing to look at Doyle or Bobby, who often see things sort of in similar ways or at least through a similar lens and said, you guys are knuckleheads. This is idiotic. I don't even know how we got here or why you're saying (laughs) this. Uh, And I think, I think that's really uh, an important uh, trait to have. And obviously he's, he's so creative and uh, introspective and, and sees the world in this sort of like um, big curious way that leads to work like the movement, which, which I really believe is, uh, one of, if not the best thing that, that our shop does. So uh, honestly, guys, I'm just, I'm really blessed to be surrounded by talented people. And I think about this all the time in the sense that I've been given stewardship of this podcast and this place where I hope MLS fans uh, enjoy and feel welcome coming to uh, talk about and think about and joke about and have fun with the game. And I, I obviously could do none of it without any of them. They are the, they're the, the ones that make this whole thing tick. And I just get to be the conductor. And it's a huge honor for me as somebody who uh, enjoyed the show so much for so many years uh, before I ever moved to New York city. So to, to be, to be perfectly frank, I'm, I'm living the dream. I'm living a life that I kind of, you know, dreamed up when I was in college and, and hoped would, would somehow manifest itself and it has so i i just feel super lucky that's awesome we're, we're proud of you man we we love it we love the show and uh i think it's great what you're doing man you're 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 mls soccer cans and treasure you know 
Mm, mm, that's the best kind, right? <laughs> right? I'll Absolutely. Just, uh, I'll just right here take a quick opportunity to sell that we did have Sunil Galati today, and that'll be on Thursday's show. I don't know when this comes out. And we had Abby Wambach. So both of them are being inducted to the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Nice. We had about half-hour interviews with both where we really picked their minds about their careers and uh, their successes and maybe their failures as well. So it's my, my real quick plug for the uh, upcoming episodes of uh, Extra Time, which you can watch on YouTube as well. So that's the self-promotion angle here. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm not even sure the show needs promotion, dude. I mean, everyone's really well aware of what you're doing. It's, it's awesome stuff. I appreciate the kind words, guys. Yeah, and this uh, this episode that we're on right now will drop after the ones you just plugged. So, but hey, listeners, if you haven't listened oh, to it yet, perfect. go back, go back and listen to it because they're live now. There you go. Go perfect. find them now. You know, you can just go check those out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Andrew, we can't thank you enough, man. We know you're a busy guy. You you got a, a small child and and lots of stuff in your personal life going on. That's that's great. Um, and and you're a busy guy at work. So you know, just can't thank you enough for taking some time to talk with us hopefully it was a good time for you because it was a great time for us and uh well, yeah yeah, yeah I, had, I had a great time guys sometimes it's it's nice to be on the other side i spend so much of my time asking the questions that uh <laughs> you know it's so you're like oh wait i do have an opinion about these things. that's right <laughs> oh, okay cool cool yeah and now you don't have uh doyle or, or bobby to try to fight for words so there you there go there you go exactly <laughs> i own these airwaves no i'm just kidding this is this is no other pod territory <laughs> well uh yeah like we said thank you so much and uh yeah we'll uh make sure hey guys go uh check out extra time check out everything weeby does on uh, mlssoccer.com give them a follow on twitter and uh thank you andrew hope you uh have a great rest of your night and uh yeah maybe we'll do this again sometime thanks guys wish talk right. forever <laughs> thank you brother rock chalk to you All right, bro. That was awesome. So Man. cool. Oh, that was cool. I, uh, I'm i just so like grateful that he did that, man. And, I, dude, I kind of made – I don't really know Weeby that well, but I kind of made an accomplice – accomplice? An acquaintance? <laughs> yeah, we pulled a heist. <laughs> you, you two robbed <laughs> the bank together in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. But I went to a you know all-star week and Chicago was playing sporting and we were at the watch party together. And of course, I'm the only sporting guy there. And he knew who I had to be because I had been tweeting at him. And I'm the only sporting guy in the freaking bar. Uh, he came over, sat down and chatted. Uh, we chatted a little bit about him being from Wichita. Um, you and I hadn't even started the podcast yet. So I, I didn't make that connection there or anything. But I actually got the first Extra Time Radio shirt He's like, do you do you want one? The one that says, "Are you watching the games or or just looking at the stats?" I was. Uh, <laughs> he unboxed him and was like, "Here, you you and Marissa get the first shirts." That's and awesome. Like, That's cool. And I was super drunk, super fat back then, so it was a weird time in my life. But uh, <laughs> super glad that we made that acquaintance and was able to get him on our podcast. Man, I mean, he's a he's a local ish dude who uh, has some roots in here, so it probably meant a lot to him as well I, I would imagine i hope so i mean he said that you know he 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 had a great time um hopefully we can have him on again at some point and you know maybe we can dig a little bit more into some of his uh his stories um through a little shade at bobby getting married too man <laughs> he's getting married soon he is getting married so congrats on that that's pretty cool um he threw a little shade at bobby which is 
You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always fun. I think he called Doyle an acquired taste. So, right. Um, yeah, but man, you can tell that they just had a, a lot of fun on extra time. Um, so it was they re- totally real do. cool. And I'm sure most of our listeners already listened to him. So, I mean, it's uh, that's why when he was given the plug, I'm like, I'm sure you don't even need to do that. You know, I appreciate it, but I'm sure everyone's well aware of what you are. But yeah, if you haven't uh, gone and listened to uh, the episode he was talking about, it came out, I believe it was last Thursday. Uh, they had uh, Sunil Galati on there. Um, so That's right. Go go check it out. Check out Extra Time. Subscribe if you uh, have not yet subscribed uh, to their podcast. And uh, yeah, check them out on MLSsoccer.com. Uh, so thanks. Last year was more fun to listen to them because they talked about sporting a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a real good way to, to keep up with what's going on around uh, the rest of the league. So True. Definitely check it out. Uh, you can hear some of Bobby's crazy takes where people are like, Bobby, what are you talking about? Um, that is funny. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, thanks again, Andrew. Hopefully we'll uh, have you on sometime uh, in the future to uh, talk a little bit more SKC when things are better for sporting. So There we go. Um, well, thanks for tuning in, people. <laughs> <laughs> Just real quick. I know this is kind of a longer one because we, we went a little long with Bobby. Um, but yeah, with An- Andrew or Andrew. Wow. Wow. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a, 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 a Freudian slip there, I guess. I don't, I don't know what's we'll going get Bob- on. We'll get Bobby next time. We'll get Bobby sometime. Um, sporting KC obviously parted ways, uh, mutually parted ways with, uh, Johan Quaze. I don't know that there's much oh, to talk about here going? because we still don't know what happened. Right. So. Yeah, I think he uh, got picked up with Minnesota and would play against us tonight. Oh, my God. You know if that happened, he would score like 17 goals. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know what happened. Is... I read an interesting take from somebody saying that he got into a debacle with Zalalem, and I'm like, oh, shit, are we speculating that right now? Is that what we're putting out into the universe? I don't know. I saw that, too. I- I've heard rumblings, but I haven't had anything confirmed. So, you know, maybe we'll find out one day. Maybe not, but... We'll never get anything confirmed. I, Dude, I almost want to catch him like drunk tweeting sometime and just be like, yo, what happened with you in Sporting? Got to hit him on those uh, Instagram DMs. He seems to be all about the yeah. gram. So. Just flat out gram him up and see see what he says. Maybe he'll say something. <laughs> catch um, him at the right so, time. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Um, but, hey, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with him. But he is no longer a part of Sporting Kansas City. Um. And then just the last couple things I wanted to end on because I thought this was kind of cool. Um, give Swope Park a little shout-out. They won this week, obviously. Um, but Felipe Hernandez got USL Championship Team of the Week honors. So that's pretty cool. That's um, kind of neat. Yeah, he assisted uh, the on the second goal of the evening and created a game-high eight chances and completed 37 of 43 passes. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, helped them win their first road game of, of the 2019 season. So shout-out to Felipe Hernandez and shout-out to uh, Swope Park. Um, they also, Swope Park won first place in this USL Culture Collection jersey contest, which I thought was uh, a little surprising but kind of cool. They won uh, what place? First place. In that, you know, like, Did you see that, that jersey that had like Bigfoot yeah. on the front? And, and That's he, great. He was, yeah, they won first place. So I had no idea. I hope I win the jersey because I entered to win. <laughs> yeah, Swope got first place. Colorado Springs Switchbacks got second. Indy 11 with a gross jersey won third. Um, 
Hartford Athletic wow. fourth, and Charleston Battery fifth. So shout out Very to SPR. Cool. So I, three uh, good results, man. I think they play Wednesday night or tonight as well. Yeah. So anyway, man, we are you know a few minutes past the hour. Um, we had Go a jam packed episode. Um, anything else you want to tell our lovely listeners? Oh, hell. I mean, you got Minnesota tonight. Then we'll see you guys out uh, for the final home game against Portland. Um, come on out, man. PNC is uh, giving out free headbands when you come in, so that's kind of neat. Pretty cool. So we'll know tonight uh, if Sporting KC is officially eliminated, um, if they don't get a, a win. Um, or, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll take this ride as it comes. Roll with the punches yes. and... Uh, We'll uh, we'll do what we can, but we'll be here. We'll be all right. But now that we're Regardless. interviewing people, man, we'll fill we'll fill the time with something. Yep, it'll be fun. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks again to Andrew Weeby of MLSsoccer.com. Weebs, um, make sure you follow us at No Other Pod at JCMax03 at Dan Kuzer. Um, you can check out Andrew Weeby on Twitter at andrew underscore weeby uh, and yeah make sure you like us on facebook facebook.com slash no other pod shoot us an email no other pod at gmail.com um, leave us those five stars rating and reviews so but until then we'll be back next week win loss draw whatever happens playoffs no playoffs we'll be back to talk about it he's dan i'm jimmy we'll catch y'all later see ya fucking potty mouth out <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.